It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 25th, 2018. My name is Phil Brosman Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. <coughs> As you can tell, I'm still feeling a bit under the weather, so today is going to be another quick show, just like yesterday's show kind of was. Um, and I'm still to be determined for Friday's show. We'll see how I feel at the end of the day on Thursday, but I, I would bet that there'll be a show tomorrow. Um, you can follow me, of course, on Twitter at R underscore OMD, where you don't have to hear my scratchy voice or hear me cough because, you know, you can't cough on Twitter. Um, and you can always, of course, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline. It's been a while since we've really talked about the trade deadline and, and what's coming up with the deadline. I'll, I'll reveal what I think the magic strategy should be. It's something I've hinted at um, at least online or at least in passing, so I will cement that firmly as we are now two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline on February 8th. But before I go any further, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at mybookie.ag. The Super Bowl is coming up. You got the Pro Bowl this weekend over at Camping World Stadium, the Super Bowl, just a week away. Who you got, the Patriots or the Eagles? Well, I'm here to tell you the best place to make your bets is at mybookie.ag, the number one rated online sportsbook. It's the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash. Betting at mybookie.ag. It's a sports book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on literally everything. Live betting and an all-new prop builder. That's right. You can create your own prop bets. You want to bet that Tom Brady will throw 45 or more passes to an over-under? You can bet that on mybookie.ag. Bet from your desktop, tablet, or on their world-class mobile site. That lets you bet anytime, anywhere. MyBookie offers fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA when making your account. Visit MyBookie.ag today and bet on the Internet's favorite sportsbookie where you play, you win, and you get paid. 
<laughs> excuse me. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, I think everyone's still recovering a little bit from the uh, loss on Tuesday to the Sacramento Kings. What, what, um, you know, I've been thinking about it for most of the day when when I've been awake, and not you know, sleep because I've taken too much Nyquil. Um, uh, I. The, the Frank Vogel's press conference uh, wasn't, you know, I played it in full on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic. It wasn't anything obligatory. It wasn't anything clear. But, you know, I saw the headlines from some of the aggregators that the Magic have broken Frank Vogel. And, and I would say even last year, you could really sense Vogel's frustration with this team. You could really sense how kind of, you know, frustrated with himself, frustrated with the players, just, just this overall frustration with 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 how the team performed last season, and it was a, it was a little bit of a reflection on him, and you know obviously he took it personally because he's in the grind with the, that team day in and day out. Um, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel wrote a, a few articles about that at the beginning of the season, how difficult last year was for Frank Vogel, coach who, as a head coach, has really only experienced success in the league. It seemed like Vogel was questioning a lot of the things that that made him such a good coach. And at the beginning of the season, it seemed like the Magic were taking that next step or were taking a step in the right direction, whether it was the next step or not is, is another question entirely. Um, obviously, that 8-4 and four start is way in the rearview mirror. The Magic have won just six of their last, I think it's 35 games, 30, yeah, 35 games. Um, they're 6-29 they're and 29 over the last 35 games. That's nearly a half season. And it's been a miserable half season for the Orlando Magic. Just just no way around it. That's been as bad as it has been. And you can sense, I wouldn't say fracturing in the locker room, but you can sense that, you know, some of Vogel's frustrations that that he aired in, in his way on Tuesday night are kind of falling on deaf ears right now. Um, and that's at the center of the frustration. And, you know, it's it's as a as a coach, as the head coach of a team. You've got to be the leader. You've got to hold the ship together. And so when Vogel talks to the media, yeah, he's going to um, he's going to paint a positive picture because he has to. He has to keep spirits up, and he has to believe in his team, and he has to show that he believes in his team. So to see Vogel come out, and I wouldn't call it rip into his team, but to see Vogel come out on Tuesday night after the game and really... I don't know what the word is, really get after his team for some of the basic things that they have struggled with this season especially, and really for the last five years, was really telling. I mean, you could listen back to it. Again, it's it's the full press conference is on the Locked on Magic episode from yesterday. I, I felt both because I was sick and because it was, it was something important, I think. It was a turning point for this for this team for the season. Um, you can listen back to it, and you could you could sense that there was a moment where he wanted to say something more, and he kind of drew himself back from the cliff. He's extremely frustrated, and he should be. And the players, I think, are extremely frustrated with themselves. It, it, it something that I've noted about this team on on several occasions. Or I hope I have. If I haven't, then I'm doing it here. Um, it, it feels like this team understands what's going wrong. They understand, and they can verbalize. We need to play better defense. We need to move the ball. We need to trust each other. But yet, when they get on the court, their bad habits pop up. They don't quite have the buy-in. They don't quite have the trust that they need. The trust that honestly led them to be the best, one of the best teams in the league for the first 15 games or for the first 12 games of the year. 
<coughs> that trust is completely gone now. And at this point, it's not coming back. I get into a lot I get into it with a lot of people who ask me, why are you still wanting this team to win? And it's because I do believe in culture building and I do believe that the only way to learn how to win is to be put in winning situations and to come through and to know what it's like to win games. And I think one of the biggest problems with this team right now, one of the biggest issues with the team, whole organization wide, is it has been five years of just god awful basketball. It has been five years of terrible, terrible basketball, of bad habits that this team has got to grow out of at some point. And Alfred Payton said it best, it can't be words, it's got to be actions. And, you know, Vogel said on Tuesday, he sensed from practice Monday that the team was due for a letdown. They, they were kind of full of themselves after a win over Boston, after a strong week of play, like that was enough. And honestly, they had enough to beat Sacramento, even with how poorly they played. That was a game they should have won. But the Magic just did not pull through. The Magic just did not deliver. And this is where they end up, with the worst record in the league. And the question now is, how, or tied for the worst record in the league now with Atlanta and Sacramento as well. And the question is, how do you build up? I, I tweeted this out as somewhat of a joke, but it's, it's really telling and it's really true. Forget the Sabonis and Oladipo thing for now, and the Tobias Harris thing. Forget who's been on the Magic before. This is a team that is rebuilding, building for the future, that has no players in the Rising Stars Challenge. That, to me, is a statement of, of how bleak things are for the Magic right now, and some of it's not their fault. Jonathan Isaac's been hurt uh, for most of the season. Um, would he have made it if, 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 uh, if he had played? I don't know. It would have been a candidate for sure because I think he was making some good strides um, at, at the end and, and uh, right before his injury. But this team's future is bleak, uh, and at least as presently constructed. And certainly, Frank Vogel voiced those frustrations that this team should be better. This team knows how to play better. And yet... They don't seem capable or don't seem able to push themselves to that higher level. To that higher level. To pick up wins. To do the very basic thing that you have to do in these situations. And that, of course, is extremely difficult to take and extremely difficult to ponder. But if this is a season of evaluation, if this is a season that's truly for Jeff Weltman to sit down and understand his roster, he should have a pretty good understanding of it by now. And two weeks ahead of the trade deadline, it's clear the magic need change. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And what kind of change will it be? When will that change come? Clearly, this roster doesn't work. Uh, that, that probably should have been clear after last season's 29-win year. And really, I think... When Jeff Weltman said, I mean, I'll be perfectly blunt here. When Jeff Weltman said he's, uh, he was sitting back to evaluate this season, I, it's literally meaning, to some extent, it probably means there are a lot of bad contracts on this, on this team, and it's going to be very difficult to move them and put my team in a position to win. It's tough to trade bad contracts without giving something of value up. And the Magic aren't willing to give up Aaron Gordon. They're not willing to... They, they don't have much else that's of value, honestly, as a centerpiece. And so the Magic were stuck in a little bit of a bind. And that leads us to this trade deadline. Where the Magic are certainly a team that's garnered a lot of interest. But the question is, will they pull the trigger on anything? And I think that question is a little bit more open-ended. I think the answer to that question is not set in stone. I I think I might be among the minority of observers, at least, who thinks the Magic may not make a move at the trade deadline this year. That's not for lack of trying. Don't get me wrong. I think the Magic are, are involved heavily in discussions. But when you look at this team's roster and the players that they are looking to trade, there's not much urgency to trade anyone other than clearing the roster and flipping it over. Evan Fournier still got three years left on his deal. Nikola Vucevic has two years left on his deal. Terrence Ross has two years left on his deal. They'll both be difficult to trade, of course, because of their injuries. Really, the only two... Bismack Biombos, of course, got three years left on his deal. Or two years now. The only two guys that the Magic really have a quote-unquote urgency to move if they're not going to keep them is Alfred Payton and Mario Hazonia. And so to me, the trade deadline is a time for urgency. It's a time to investigate and explore everything that's out there. But it may not be the best time to make a move. In my estimation, the Magic hold the keys at this trade deadline. They're not backed into a corner where if they don't trade... Evan Fournier, they lose him for nothing. They're not backed into that corner. Even with Alfred Payton, there have been indications that the Magic might be willing to re-sign Alfred Payton in a different role, perhaps, to a low salary, perhaps, to the qualifying offer, perhaps. But they may not be ready to completely give up on him.
What's important for the Magic now is to start bringing in the players that Jeff Weltman envisions as part of this team's future. We've been waiting to see what a Jeff Weltman team looks like. We've only really seen Jonathan Isaac and Jonathan Simmons as the two players that he specifically has brought in. And that's all we've had to work off of in reality, and at least in this iteration of the Magic. This trade deadline and this summer are his first real opportunities to get his fingerprints on this team. And when you're a GM, often your first moves are your most important because it sets the tone for everything else. It sets the wheels in motion. You give uh, the wrong guy a contract, you're stuck with him. Just why I thought the Magic's approach to free agency was really smart. They got guys on affordable deals. Shelvin Mack might have been an overpay, but his contract's only partially guaranteed for next year. Magic did not hurt themselves in free agency last year. It's clear the Magic's goal is to move off their big contracts. And if you believe the reports from Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders, which I tend to at this, at this juncture because it, it makes sense to me, and uh, yeah, I do know Steve. The Magic are instead looking for expiring deals and players on their rookie contracts who might be a little bit more developed. Who that is, I don't know. But I would bet that the Magic are not looking to bring in an expiring deal that they figure they'll have to pay a pretty penny for this summer. Like Rodney Hood is going to cost a lot of money. Derek Favors is going to cost a lot of money. I know that Utah is a very popular team for the Magic to trade Evan Fournier to. But maybe that is the direction the Magic want to go. I don't know what kind of player Jeff Weltman really wants. And so, what's important now at this trade deadline is to make sure you get the right deal. I say this to everyone who asks me, are the Magic going to make a deal? Why do you mean the Magic aren't going to make a deal? No deal is better than a bad deal. That lesson should be pretty apparent. Sometimes waiting is the right decision. Because a better deal is down the road. The Magic have the ability to wait. It's frustrating. The inactivity does send a bad message to fans. And I can't blame people for being frustrated if the Magic go quiet at this trade deadline. But I also think that if there isn't a good deal out there at this point, there is no harm in waiting. Then again, if you wait, you've got a lot of heavy lifting to do at the draft and in the summer. Because the one thing the Magic cannot do is roll this roster back. The Magic cannot run this thing back again. Not with the same core that's going nowhere. That's, for, for lack of a better term, not setting a culture. That's struggling with very basic things. That part has to end. And no matter how it ends, 
the Magic have to change themselves before next season, no matter when they do it. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, again, I hope to be back with you guys tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I, I hope to do another episode, uh, but um, we'll we'll see whether I, I'm able to do it or not. You can probably tell I'm a little bit under the weather, um, but I'm, I'm doing my best here. Um, so hopefully I'll be feeling better tomorrow, and I'll be back with you for a full episode of Locked on Magic with a complete preview of the Magic's game Saturday against the Indiana Pacers. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me, and you can, of course, follow me on there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will hopefully see you all again tomorrow. If not, tentatively plan on a Sunday Facebook Live on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. At noon, we'll recap the game against the Pacers as well as talk more. If you have any trade questions, be sure to bring them there. I'll answer uh, some of your trade questions and grade your trade proposals, I guess. I should probably do a show like that at some point. So send me your trade proposals and I'll I'll give them a grade for... Uh, for uh, Sunday's Facebook Live, if not, then for Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. I'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.